Hello and welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by John Noonan. So without further ado, it's time to welcome John onto the show. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market, and they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So, John, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for inviting me on. It's uh, lovely to be here, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat, mate. Absolutely excellent. So, can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've done until now? Yep. Um, so, uh, I, I guess as a title, I'd, I'd call myself a consultant performance coach at the moment. Um, a career of roughly 15 years in elite sport. Um, I guess like many, kind of come through the transitions of uh, degrees, postgraduate degree, um, initially started working in football in the early 2000s, uh, then that moved into some rugby union, um, some winter sport, Olympic sport in there as well, back into rugby league, football, um, some other, other disciplines on the side along the way outside of, say, employee positions. Uh, and then in 2019, yeah, gosh, only just over a year and a half now, I think, I left a full-time employed job to set up on my own. Uh, I'm now running the business of noonanperformance.com. Uh, and the focus is to provide a host of services to uh, elite athletes and corporate individuals from uh, improving movement quality or addressing injuries through rehab, enhancing athletic performance, and then also providing services to coaches through uh, either coaching and or business projects and helping people uh, grow their businesses so they have more successful successful outcomes. So there's a real host of things going on at the moment, but in essence, S&C, therapist, and a coach mentor as well. Mate, so you're, you're a very busy man, and uh, you mentioned earlier there's a few kids in there in a mix and a wife, and uh, yeah, I can imagine the, the spare time for you is, uh, is a little bit limited, so I appreciate your time for today. Um, yeah. no, cool. So the, the, the most important uh, question, I suppose, off the back of all of that great experience is, what are the pros and cons of working in elite sports? So firstly, uh, what, what are the advantages then? Well, if, if we look at this in the terms of, say, how, how a, a position is uh, or, or, or the nature of position, excuse me. So let's say you're in an employee role, you're in a pay-as-you-earn role. There's huge benefits to being in that position. Arguably, perhaps earlier in the career of, say, an individual, say, for, a, I don't know, a lifespan of a coach for 20 to 30 years. Like me, you know, I benefited massively from being in employee positions where you're in an environment, you've got an opportunity to cut your teeth, acquire a skill set, you go through huge volumes of coaching, make lots of mistakes, and ideally work alongside peers, experienced peers, in an environment with endless opportunities for learning. And ideally, you might be in a world-class environment or a really forward-thinking environment that comprises of quality practitioners. So by default and association, you're going to learn heaps. And for me, I think that's, that's the premise, isn't it, really, as we're starting out, is refine what you do, what, how you do it, and, and try and evolve it throughout the process. And of course, 
making sure that you've got people that challenge you and you're in an environment that makes you feel like, do you know what, I've got heaps I can learn from this, is incredibly powerful. Um, and I know we're going to talk about business as well. So I guess within the construct of contracts then, you, know, you get huge benefits. Perhaps you have, by definition of, say, a permanent contract, um, you know, maybe you have a little bit more security there, certainly mental security. You feel like I'm here for a length of time uh, and I've got value to offer. And in return, they're giving me some security that they want me around longer than, say, a year. That's that's brilliant. Um, and obviously, alongside that, you get other elements of, say, I don't know what, what might come contractually, such as a health insurance, company car, bonus scheme, maybe free CPD, which is brilliant. Um, and for me, probably the older you get or the more that you transition as an experienced coach, you know, there are things that I try to crowbar into contracts that I had to, to challenge me, but give me greater options of which to still progress and evolve as a coach. Um, so if I was going to flip that slightly then and say, okay, well, if they're the benefits, what might be the negatives or the potential cost of being elite sport or I'm going to call this maybe more of an employee versus a self-employment position. So if we then look at those little initiatives that I mentioned at the bottom there, or assets, health insurance, company car, bonus scheme, et cetera, they are brilliant and they definitely make you feel like, right, I've got a contract that feels good to me, but they can also be looked in a different way, which is slightly pessimistic, but you could call those things golden handcuffs, right? Let's just <laughs> say that for a second. So. I mean, that's a really positive thing. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to come across negative and I'm not hating on in, in employment positions because I've created a, a career um, and, and a set of way of a way of working by being, you know, operating in that way. But at some stage you go, right, perhaps the biggest negative of, of this whole thing, particularly if you're full time and you're working 50, 60 hours a week is you don't manage your own time. Or, or you don't own your own time for a better way of putting this. And so when you start to look at, you know, say you're 10, 15 years into this, maybe even less, and you've come to a point where you go, do you know what, I've got certain commitments on, on me as an individual and or the family that perhaps could do with more of me being around and or I've got other interests that I may want to explore outside of a full-time role. Now, for me, I'm someone that's all in. So I'm not necessarily in positions, always seeking other opportunities, always thinking about growing something on the side. But when you probably get to a point, let's face it, a lot of us do, where you go, right, I'd like to earn more money. And one of the challenges is that as an individual and a coach, you should be getting better every year. And I prided myself on improving myself every single year, be it your knowledge, your skills, your IP. But your salary may not necessarily, unless you've been smart enough to build it in and or the place where you're working does this with you, but your salary may not increase incrementally every single year and yet your value as a coach is, in, is increasing every single year now in some in some instances people would say well that's just the way that this is and you should be looking to improve the quality of your work and your value as a coach and if you're good enough someone else will see that and pay you more money and or the company will uh, provide more opportunities for you financially in the future great but if you're in a position where you go oh do you know what i think time if, if that is my strongest asset, because I've only got a finite amount of time and I'm giving huge amounts of time to, to a role and or an organization, I don't own, let's say, some of the options around when I want to work to an extent, when I can take holidays and or the flexibility with those things, then I may want to seek other opportunities. And that's where I think perhaps if we're going to put a negative slant at all on this, 
that's where you know you could call it a question right huge amounts of commitment to a role through time unsociable hours uh you know after having doing this multiple seasons it can become quite tedious and i think for me it only started to feel that way when i had a family and i think like most people when you've got other commitments and pulls on on what you're working for and the reasons that you're working suddenly your reasons for doing something start to shift and you want different things you want more time at home and or you want more money because maybe your wife isn't working like mine for instance she doesn't work we've got three kids and my goal my purpose is to provide a lifestyle and and, and wealth for the future for my family so that that we can have a lifestyle that, that we so desire and all the kids have a future can i achieve that in full-time employment yes i definitely can but there's a huge cost on my time and that's why i've looked to try and shift the balance back into my own terms so that i can try to have this you know idyllic family work-life balance it's very difficult to attain <laughs> and i'm not sure you can ever quite get there but i think for me it's more about living to abundance it's about what well, i want to excel in my coaching career but i want to excel as a father and a husband as well but i can't necessarily do the latter if i'm constantly putting all my time into work so there may be some uh, pros and cons for me definitely and in terms of that, that list, because there was loads of great information in there, what was the one which really tipped it for you? Was it the family or was it a combination of, of all factors? Um, it, it was definitely the family. I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I sat here and I, I didn't say, and I was, I was sort of making the idea that I was never ambitious enough to, to stay in full time pro sport and, and work up loud. I mean, I had, aspirations of working at England rugby I, I wanted the top of the top and for me that was the reason why I got into the industry in the first place I wanted to challenge myself at the top level the best um and that, that was the, that was the sport that I chose to, to go through but along the way different things happen different opportunities present themselves and you know, I've been really lucky to, to to work where I have and work with some fantastic people in some great environments but I was married in 2015 first child arrived in 17 and it was around 2015-16 I started to think about long term it wasn't just what does my next job look like in three to five years. It's what does my life look like in three to five years? What, what am I going to get known for? And where do I want to be? What sort of lifestyle do I want? And that's where I thought, well, I can keep giving all of me to someone else and building someone else's dream and giving away my IP to an extent. Or I, I can try and create the conditions for me that are going to bring more value into the family. And admittedly, you know, the minute our first child arrived, I thought, well, I'm not just working for me and my career aspirations anymore. It's for the family. This is the purpose. My purpose is to work, to serve. It's not to work just because I love it. I do love it, but it, it suddenly had a different meaning for me. This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market developed by the team at Gymware. Flex is the only laser-based training system available, and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in a sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. I think that's, that's super interesting and... Uh, probably most interesting for coaches who are going to go through that kind of transition in the next few years. So a lot of coaches come into the industry, maybe 22 to 25, um, and at maybe yeah, around 30, they'll think, oh, it's time time to pop out a few kids. 
Um, yeah, the the thing that really sparked my interest there is what what do I want to have in in three years? What does my life want to? What do I want my life to be like? Um, and I think there are really interesting questions around how you combine those two things. So mm-hmm. as we as we move on a little bit um, from the pros and cons, how did you then, when you realised you wanted to to work for yourself and have more control of uh, of your own work, how did you then start your own business? I was living with my mum's, right? And I'd just met my wife now. Um, and it was a Friday night. I think we had a pizza or something. Best mate was over having a beer. And they were like, you know what? You've got a lot of knowledge. You should try and reach a bigger audience. Set up a website. I was like, yeah, but I haven't got a lot of time. I don't know what I would do. I'm not going to do it half-assed. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it properly. And and the dream, at least, or the vision wasn't clear enough at that point. So I never did it. But I, I still bought the brand name, which was noonandfitness.com and it was very generic by design because I thought well I don't know what I'm going to do so I'll keep it generic and then of course as my career developed I knew that athletes and working with you know high achieving people was was what I was aspiring to so the concept of something was always there for me but again you know thinking about children coming around and thinking about well okay how do I want to engineer my lifestyle do I want to be the dad that the kids don't see because say my last full-time role um, the balance was great. The environment was good. People I worked with were brilliant, except I was up and out of the house before I saw the kids and they were in bed. And then likewise, I was back after they'd gone to bed. And I thought, well, I don't want to do that throughout their youth and miss a youth, you know? So then it was about, well, okay, what conditions do I want in terms of a business? And I've mentioned already, time is your greatest asset. And so I thought, well, I need to create a business model that's got a kind of a mixed method approach, which is I'm going to invest time so I can deliver my core value, my offering, which is coaching, rehab, and coach mentoring. So that's quite time intensive. But with that, what can I do that would give me some financial security? Because of course, one of the things that might be jumping out at people right now is go, oh yeah, I can go away for myself. What about the financial security? Especially in, in a pandemic like this, where job security is getting really challenged. But to me, Yes, we may have contracts, but we all know that contracts change like that. And, you know, you might have a three-year contract, a permanent contract, but it can change in a flash. And so I thought, well, if if I just kind of rebrand that and I look at it in the sense of, okay, I'm going to create my own contract or my own terms of which I do business through, and I'll try and leverage some financial security within this while monetizing skills. So I'm still going to coach. I'm still going to rehab. I'm still going to exchange time for money. That's employment essentially but alongside that i'm going to try and create some scalable options which enable me to start small financially and that might be passively and or it might be through consulting but by demonstrating my credibility conveying my value i'm going to grow and scale that deeper so that suddenly i'm not just exchanging time for money but i have some additional income on the side that is highly related to the brand and what i do but leverages my time and therefore earns more money than I could ever dream about work, uh, earning. But I'm not necessarily exchanging time for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, absolutely. So that was that was the premise. That was the vision. And then, of course, how I set about creating that was, you know, how did I make the step from moving from from employment might be a better place to start with that, which is, I thought, well, I want something consulting because that was something I'd aspire to for a while. And so I was very fortunate to land a role with Hints of Performance. They're a fantastic company. The people are awesome frankly, and, and I've not met yet a person that I don't like and or wouldn't share a beer with. They're brilliant people, but all like-minded, and they're all very much ambitious, and that gets me going. 
So it's a fantastic environment to be in, and I'm challenged daily in that position. So I, I give an amount of time there, and then my my, my other time is spent on projects um, that that really fulfil me and challenge me. And that might be working with some corporate end people and trying to really push the envelope in that space, be it in terms of their health, their well-being, their athletic abilities, and how that's impacting their lifestyle and their wealth. And or it can be with other athletes again, which work into their objectives. It might be injury prevention rehab and or improving athletic performance so for me it's a mixed model kind of working through different services and products that, that give me security but then nice growth on the side of it as well so in terms of how you then uh, very much started with the initial idea um did you then begin to start building that while you were still in employment maybe you're not allowed to tell me that but um was that something that you were already busy with or did you say right i'm gonna stop and now i'm gonna put everything uh, together yeah no I, I was definitely building the concept of it so the you know the business concepts i was definitely building say a year out before i went right i'm gonna i'm gonna take the plunge but there's no secrets here i was very lucky to be allowed by the club i was working at to to start to consult on the side and I would use maybe holiday days or, or um, some smartly placed opportunities when, say, the coaching program wasn't on. There, I could go and deliver some of that work, and that started to really get you know the fuel ignited and think, oh yeah, I'd like to do that on a on a broader scale. Um, and then I made the leap. Uh, I took a role uh, and, and a sum of what I might earn a year, which was not covering my salary so that was the first thing was incredible risk associated with this and (laughs) i'm quite a prudent guy like i like to sit on the fence a little bit and and i'll sort of take it in and then i'll give an opinion after and or i'll make a decision when i've got all the facts but then i'll really push my my wife was the one who you know and i guess if you're ever going to do this and you've got a family everyone's got to be bought in to the concept so she was always like listen you know you can do it you're good enough go and do it and she was the more forceful type that pushed me to be thinking more optimistically and and taking action. And if it wasn't for her, we'd probably be still in the same position. I'd be in a role with security and feeling quite secure because I was in a contract and a club and all these sorts of things. Still having, you know, a good time as well, but I'd still be frustrated by time and money. So yeah, admittedly it was, I was shaping it whilst I was working for someone else. But, um, you know, I took a huge leap of faith as well to then get busy. The minute I, I made the leap on right, I need to inject so much more time in generating revenue. And then I've got some security and then I'll, then I'll move from there. I think that's, uh, that's super interesting, especially for people who, who need that little spark of inspiration to, to take that leap or to, to make sure that they're already starting to build things. Um, when in actual fact, yeah, they, they maybe would take a bigger risk if they said, right, I'm going to stop and now I'm going to make a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of them building that out, so you, you, you've kind of, you've started, you've got your concept and uh, maybe you've got one or two clients there. How did you manage to build that out into something which now is your, is your sole source of income for a family? Um, you mean, do you mean in terms of, of the mechanics of that or, or as a model, what it looks like? Um, just, just like in terms of how you would then go about getting clients and how you've then okay. scaled that up until, yeah, uh, to, to a business in which you can then say, I'm, I'm really proud that we've managed to achieve these, uh, these goals. Nice. So there's a couple of things that I did, which was number one, you've got to be crystal clear on what your vision is. And, and probably before that, what is your purpose? Cause you know, stepping into the unknown, let's face it, where you've got to, you've got to fend for yourself. You're going to have to compete within a market that certainly the private sector or, or the sport, but consulting sector. Yeah. 
yes, there are people doing lots of great work already. So you've got to compete with some of the best out there already. And of course, you've got to bring enough money in to support the family. So my biggest concern was getting enough money in the door. So if I knew that the purpose was the family, even when they were, you know, say, uh, light months or, or skinny months from a financial point of view, I had enough purpose and drive to make sure that I was still moving beyond the average. And I'm, I'm a grafter and, and, and I want to make sure that um, I'm giving myself and the family every HR. I really worked hard for that. But, you know, number one, have a purpose. Number two, have a really clear vision about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And make sure that you're getting challenged on that as well. So I I sought out a business mentor straight away um, the person. And thankfully, it was it was not a big monetary investment, but it was enough that kept me accountable to still take action on the things that I was discussing with that person. And they helped me develop a business model. And then from that model, I started to, you know, number one, consult. So I was giving away my time through consulting with hints of performance, like I mentioned. And then in addition to that, some other things happened, which was, I had maybe one or two little coaching projects on the side, but I'd see an athlete maybe a couple of times a year. So that became more of a formal thing where I'd spend more time with them, be it remotely or in person. Um, and, you know, I guess one of the interesting things too is that for these sorts of individuals, let's say I work with a European golfer and he, he might not be in the UK all the time. So you're having to work remotely with these people. So suddenly the conditions and terms of which you deliver service also gets challenged and you still have to deliver value regardless of medium i mean how how relevant is that right now in today's market you know where even if you're working in a club a lot of these guys initially through lockdown were coaching through laptops and i was doing that already so i guess when you know lockdown did happen in the uk i already felt personally quite equipped and i wasn't panicking with oh i've got to rush and change my model to suit this so you know i was working in person i was working remotely and then in addition to that um i started um developing a coach mentorship program and, and honestly it was quite a um, an organic thing it wasn't planned um when i'd left my role in, in football a, a few people reached out to me and said i'd love it if you formally mentored me but i don't just want to sit and have a coffee and a chat i really want to challenge you to give me and improve some of my skills uh, knowledge in certain areas how i'm going about what i do be it also in business and, and, and give me clarity so i was exchanging real value in okay i'm committed now to come to the table and provide you with something we're not just having a chat this is i'm challenging you and i'm making sure you leave the call better for having that conversation with clarity and what you need to go and do next and i'll support you with materials or the resources and a network to get you there so you're giving away lots of ip um and it, i really enjoyed that just because from being a bit of a lead snc and head of department in different positions I thoroughly enjoyed and took great pleasure in challenging people and ensuring that we were growing as a department. So, you know, I kind of then designed and, and by default created a bit of a, a coach mentorship platform and, and then started to market that as well. So like I mentioned before, several income streams through consulting, coaching, rehab, and then coach mentoring. And that, that has kept me really busy, thankfully. Um, and, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things too is that you need to ensure before you do jump into something like this, if you are considering it, is that, of course, you need to be in some way, shape or form, a developing expert and or specialist in that area. Because if you're not, why are people going to invest in that? So, you know, if you're a year into that journey, are you going to launch fully into selling yourself and marketing that alone? Maybe, maybe not. Certainly if you're going to speak to athletes and work with sport, because 
we already know the value in those areas. There's a lot of good work already taking place. If you're going to compete with a saturated market, you need to have things that help you distinguish your value. Um, and then in addition to that, you've got to have a really clear vision of what is your USP? What is it that distinguishes you from the market that's competitive? And then, of course, conveying that then is the next thing. I mean, I don't want to rub it on too long here. I'm conscious of time, but I think one of the real key things here that I realized, and I did a bit, did a bit of a poll in a, in a blog that I released to the website, which was how to make an impact or stand out in a crowded market. And when I did a poll on, on Twitter for whatever value you put against that, what are the things that hold people back from developing a career or earning, I think, what they were worth? Um, is it either your experience, your qualification, your qualifications, your network, or was it how you communicate your value? And most people came out with and said it was how you could communicate and convey your worth, your value, or what it is that you do to other people. And if you can't communicate what you do in a compelling way, you're not going to influence people to make decisions, certain, certainly financial decisions. So being able to communicate your value is absolutely critical, certainly when you're looking to sell something to other people. I think that's a, a really, really interesting one. And uh, it's probably one that we, we can finish on, apart from our one last question, but we'll get onto that in just a second. Um, but I think that's an absolute gem in terms of ensuring that even if you are in employment and you want to stay in employment, that you're getting the the continual wage rises, which you discussed earlier, or making sure that they're they're willing to give you certain bonuses or perks to make sure that you're still happy in your role and you can mm. still progress, whether that's yeah, an extra 500 uh, pounds, euros or dollars a year for some CPD or whether it's a, a 2% wage rise, whatever that might be. It's mm. a, a super valuable piece of information to know that how you communicate your value to your employers or those that are paying you money is probably one of the most important things you can do. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of that last question, um, we try to think of the most difficult thing that we could ask people and that is what is the one thing that you see or do differently which the rest of the world can learn from? Uh, I, I don't know if I'd be a bold to say the rest of the world can learn from. <laughs> That's okay, mate. I would, you know, for, for me, we, we've all got the ability to be to be exceptional. I think, and I think when I was growing up, I was a little bit more pessimist about my mindset, about my traits. You know, I had a very much of a fixed mindset, and, and certain things sort of drove that within me, such as say education. I was terrible at maths. I don't mind admitting. Bottom set for maths. There was five sets in my school. <laughs> and if you put people in a set and you go, well, I'm defining your ability, so you're at the bottom. That and other things made you believe that, okay, intellect is fixed. I am I am this level. And as much as I tried, just, just didn't go the right way to improve things. And I'm digressing now. But I think for me, one, equipping yourself with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset is absolutely key. So if you haven't, definitely recommend you go and seek out some of the work through Carol Dweck. Um, listening to that resonated so strongly with me in coaching, in business, in relationships with your family, with your kids, with your wife. There are so many things that ring true in that resource that uh, we can absolutely take on, which is just how we perceive things. Like what lens are we looking at things through? And so within that, for me, if I've got a very forward-thinking and optimistic approach for myself, I want that for the people and certainly the people that I engage in, be that athletes or be that other coaches. So I'm then thinking about, right, what is this person? What level are they meeting me at? Where are they in who they are as a person and how they go about their life? So having really good, for me, emotional intelligence and social intelligence 
it's probably one, two of the strongest um, sets of assets or characteristics that you could equip yourself with as a coach. And and that rings through true, I think, whether you're working in a club environment, an Olympic association, you work in private people, you work in, uh, I don't know, um, with generic pop, general populations, anything. And, and with your wife and your kids, you know, if you've got very good emotional intelligence and you can equip yourself and be adaptable in any situation, you can get the best out of people and you can get the best out of yourself. And I think the decisions that we make now um, um, create the opportunities that we have tomorrow and next year. So, you know, being able to influence people, being able to communicate effectively, being able to manage your own emotional turmoil, your stress. Right now we're in quarantine, it's COVID, it, it's not been a great year, but what opportunities still have you got in front of you to grow as a person and use this as an opportunity to get better? And, you know, if we, we've all probably worked with great coaches that maybe head coaches that influence groups and, you know, those guys are always talking about use this failure or use this adversity to learn from and grow and develop as a person and or as a unit and a team. And so essentially it's about taking some of those lessons yourself and really addressing them at the core of what you do. Um, but for me, I think for wrapping it around and summarizing it, it's about being able to work effectively with other people by being astute yourself emotionally and socially and then, and then using those skills to equip other people in their journey as well. John, that's absolutely fantastic advice. Massive thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on. Love to chat. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much, buddy. Cheers. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to John for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really enjoyed it. And I hope you did at home too. So before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our free to download Performance Digest copy. Performance Digest is our monthly e-magazine where 19 individual sports science reviews will be made on the latest literature. So if you're interested in keeping up to date in all of the latest sports science updates and saving loads of time whilst doing it so you don't have to search on PubMed, for example, or find the interesting stuff, then be sure to give that one a download in the show notes. It is completely free. And in addition, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us bring you the best possible content in the future. So that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.